Hi, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to a profitable, sustainable, but most importantly, enjoyable language education business. And why would you care to do that, to build a business like that? Because there's literally no other way. The language education market is in a bizarre state. Companies making millions in profit yet paying teachers peanuts. Native speakerism is still way too powerful. And finally, the students are bored of the same old formats and messaging telling them to speak like a native. I'm here to shake things up, to educate and motivate a community of teachers who have the courage to build businesses and teach the language on their own terms, both solo or in their own language schools, and have a positive impact on their students and the world. Because teachers are superheroes. Let's claim it today. In today's episode, I wanted to invite you to listen to a lovely, lovely conversation that I have had with uh, the lovely Catherine Angus, who is an amazing client of mine and a really inspiring teacher and teacher trainer. Um, the chat was so, so, so inspiring. It's a little bit longer than usual, and it was originally recorded as a Facebook Live. So that's why you may hear me uh, commenting on people, um, dropping comments under the thing. So please don't be surprised. So I hope you enjoy it. Please do feel free to message me um, or message Catherine. I'm obviously going to leave her details underneath um, this chat and yeah enjoy see you next week once again thank you so much for agreeing to do this and so Catherine could you please tell us a tiny bit about yourself what do you do uh what are you the most passionate about when it comes to teaching English and training other people as well because there is a few things going on there isn't there Sure, sure. Yeah. And um, yes, so my name's Catherine Angus. I am an English language teacher online and it's a, it's a profession I came back to in about 2015. Um, and I decided a couple of years ago to make a podcast because I felt that was a, a missing element, the listening component of, of learning another language and so I, I am passionate about listening. That's yeah. listening and speaking are my passions and really encouraging people to listen for the messy sounds of spoken English. Yeah. So my podcast and my work with, with teachers really is about raising awareness about that messy, ungrammatical, unpredictable spoken English and feeling okay with that. Awesome. I love that. So did you notice that people were struggling with it or was it something that you just fell in love with because like what's what's behind that? Because you said, oh, I got passionate about it. I, I wonder what motivated you to start the podcast. Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I was teaching in a school uh, when I got back into teaching and I was teaching beginners, new arrivals to the United States. I was in New Jersey at the time. And the audios that accompanied the textbooks felt very inauthentic and very childish mm. to me. And my students, were, they weren't children. These were adults who had made a really brave decision to immigrate to another country. And that was my first like, ooh, I don't really like these audios. And then when I asked them if they ever listened to English outside the classroom, many of them said no. 
because they lived at home in their native language. They often worked in Spanish um, or Creole. And I thought, hmm, why aren't you listening to English? Why aren't you trying to, it's going to help you. The more you hear what's going on in the world, um, it's going to better prepare you for that encounter at Walmart. And so that was really the genesis of it was that, and they'd expressed shame really in being in situations where they couldn't understand what somebody was asking of them. And I really didn't want them to experience those situations. So yeah, that was the genesis. That's who I created the podcast for. And that's of course changed, (laughs) but we'll get to that. But what I'm hearing here is that you basically perhaps not be fully conscious, but find a gap in the market. I and think so. <laughs> I love that. And I agree, like from teaching in the teacher trainer perspective, uh, the audios accompanying course books, disaster. Like, honestly, I always felt, um, even before as a teacher um, of English to people who don't know, I did teach English in the past. Um, they were just so patronizing, as you say, childish. Like even, I don't know if you would agree with me, but like there is a difference between grading your language so a non-native speaker can understand and sounding patronizing and sounding as if this this other person was an idiot, basically. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm guessing you feel the same. (laughs) Yes. And you know, I, I mean, I have, I have two kids. They're adults now, but I remember educational programming for kids. And it's like you say, it's, it's grading the language, but the, the, the TV shows my kids responded to were the TV shows that treated them like intelligent human beings, right? And would stretch their knowledge. And I felt that a lot of the audios in ELT materials don't do that. It's really a very, infantile so yeah there was a gap for sure i think there still is you know we're filling it there still is we're filling it but yeah exactly i'm so glad you've taken that decision to like yeah there's nothing that there's nothing good enough i'm just gonna go and create it this is quite a brave decision (laughs) (laughs) so what's changed because you say something's changed like your first decision was to create something for your learners people that you really worked with and now what's what's going on yeah, you know, I thought that my audience would be A to, I mean, we talk about levels, right? So A to B1, because those were the students I, I was seeing who, when I suggested, let's maybe try listening to something that's not explicitly educational. And what I, what I didn't want to offer a podcast that was going to be, you know, today we're going to learn about the um, the prepositions on in and at. You know, I wanted to avoid uh, directly, explicitly teaching. I wanted it to be something that was interesting. So, um, when I would create the script, I was analyzing the text to make sure it was A to B one, and it felt very unnatural to me. Right. So that was the first sort of feeling of, oh, I don't know that this is actually right. Um, but as I released the podcast and as I promoted it and as I heard back from listeners, they weren't who I thought my listeners would be. 
Uh-huh. Yes. And so that ultimately led to this change of audience. And, and, you know, your, your, the accelerator was a big help in fine tuning that, but it was sort of like that was the first, oh, English teachers are listening to this. English language teachers are listening and using it with their students. Also, some of them really like the content and are reaching out to me and saying, that was really cool. I didn't know that. So, um, that's, that was where things changed. So now if anybody were to analyze the text, um, or go through an interview, I'm doing more interviews. It's definitely B2, C1. And <laughs> that's it's just it. authentic conversations, isn't it? It's just exactly. what it is. Oh, look, we've got a first, we've got some comments. Hello, people saying that course book listenings are embarrassing. I completely agree. And Michelle said, uh, love your content, Catherine. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you. So you've got the here. I love that. Yeah. What I want to say is that to me, from my perspective, it sounds like you were ready to experiment. You were ready to shitty pause and think, uh-huh, I am creating something very useful, something that I know is missing, but also I want to take it further and like really utilize it so that it becomes a resource for a very specific audience, which is like a, the, literally the core of my approach. <laughs> I, love, I absolutely love that. Fantastic. So is it, is your podcast now, what has it become for you? Has it become like part of your marketing or is it still a passion project? How do you see it now? Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> you always ask such good questions. And that was the key to the accelerator program, you know, really encouraging that reflection. It is still very much a passion. I still love it. Um, I get excited when I'm creating a new episode or preparing for an interview, but it has become one part of my business that sustain, not sustains, but complements the other things that I do in my business. And that's been very exciting to see. It doesn't just stand alone. It is integrated into what I'm doing with, um, one-on-one -on -one clients who really want to work on their speaking. And these are primarily teachers of English, uh, teachers who are working with advanced level students and want to experiment with language and pronunciation. And it's also connected to um, my pronunciation for teachers course, which I'm still looking for a really creative name for that course. But for now, it, may, it remains in my notebook, the PFT, pronunciation PFT. If people know what it is, then yeah, I know those names. Oh my god, it's such a such a hard thing to to come up with. <laughs> that sounds really good, and I love it for you that something that was just a passion now also has this element of this is actually working for my business. Honestly, this is the best I had. It's, it's this is very a very fresh kind of thought. I had three discovery calls today with people who are really interested in joining the next edition of the accelerator. And most of those people asked me um, about the marketing because that's where they are not really sure, not really, maybe they know what sort of supposed to be done, but they are not sure how the elements work together or there were other, other kind of questions, but more or less that's, that was the, the vibe. And what we're hearing here is that 
the marketing for marketing to work, and I want everybody to understand that is for marketing to work, it needs to be something that you are passionate about. Because otherwise, it will always feel like a chore. And the fact that you're saying that your podcast is still your passion is amazing. Because, like, obviously, hopefully it never becomes this, oh, my God, I should probably record another episode. Like, I bet there are times when you're sick and tired and you just don't want to. But in general, it probably energizes you, doesn't it? It really does. And because I know that there's two things happening, people are listening to Actually, I just realized we didn't even say the name of my podcast. I should make sure people who don't know about it know it's called Here You Go and H-E-A-R. As in so yeah. that, pl- that play on words. Um, so two things are happening with Here You Go is I know people are listening to it and listening to it for content. And I know that other people are listening to it with an ear to okay, what's happening here with the sounds? What's Catherine drawing my attention to? And then I've also created this new community for people to join where it's called Here We Go, the idea of a a we being a community. And it's a space where members can get the transcript because I believe that's a key part of the listening process. And in addition to that, there's a monthly meeting where we can gather. We just met this Saturday and discussed the October episodes. It was great because it's a safe space to just use your English at whatever level you're at. And I think the cherry on top is I'm creating these extra materials And as a teacher who's been frustrated with materials and how listening has been addressed, I'm really working hard to create these. It's almost like a little mini lesson, a package that goes with each transcript. So a teacher can use it with their learner or a student who is really energetic and ambitious and independent and wants to then take their own learning off on their own. There are, there are tasks that they can do connected with the episode and listening. So I'm really proud of how it's all coming together. And I don't know that I could have done it without, um, the clarity that, that I got this summer when I participated in the, in the rocket accelerator. I, I was feeling really, I guess, scattered (laughs) and I didn't know how to bring it all together. I guess I, what's that expression? I couldn't see the forest through the trees. Through the trees. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was so important to take some time and step back and, and get a better view. And, and if I can, again, like just go back to your influence, I think the most important first thing you said was, you know, who are you talking to? And when I said teachers, it was like, a light bulb went off. It, I, I, I don't think I'd admitted to myself that that's who I needed. That's who I was talking to without knowing I was talking to them. And then the advice to like, don't stress about losing people who are not teachers. But when you speak with teachers, they're going to hear you. They're going to know you're talking to them. And other people might want to join that conversation too, even if they're not teachers. Exactly. And that, that's exactly what's happened. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> truth teller, Ola. This is, I know. 
if we didn't even, we didn't even like kind of, you know, no. interview. This is going way better. But it's like, I love this. I love it. Um, but you know what? What I remember from you being in the program is that you just took the work so seriously. I think it takes a certain level of, I want to say maturity, but in a way of maturity to actually work on the thing, on the business, on, on, like, you know, because you've tried, you've already run your podcast, you've already had the private students. So like, you know, there's so many people who tell me, like, I don't really struggle. They say, like, especially financially, I've recently changed my messaging a little bit. I don't really, uh, especially not in the accelerator, I don't really work with people who struggle financially. They don't really need me to help them find students. No, it's about realizing that really massive potential in themselves um, that is there and can be expressed in tons of different ways. In your case, it's by creating a podcast and programs with listening and speaking, speaking to teachers and just getting clear on that. But for other people, it's going to be a different way. So right. it's interesting that you say that um, that all you needed was clarity. It's, 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 it's such a satisfying thing for me to hear because I, I never believe that I am a good at, like, I would never like to be associated with a person who tells people what to do. I would mm -hmm. like to be associated with a person who helps people see. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that I've said this to other people who've asked, you know, what was the rocket accelerator like? And I said, well, it's amazing. You know, I Aww. printed off every single one of those books and <laughs> I sat down with them and I wrote them out in longhand first because I'm old fashioned and I just had Lovely. my notebook and pen. And again, it's, that's part of the learning process, right? It's like writing things down reflecting on them and then as I typed them into the booklet because you had you had said if we got our booklets back to you you would give us this this great feedback so I took that very seriously and those repetitions of writing my thoughts down stepping away reading them okay no that's not quite right and then fine-tuning it for the booklet for you to review that whole process built upon that clarity and getting rid of all the fuzziness of you know, I'm trying to do too many things and it's confusing. I need to narrow and continue to just be clear, be clear, be clear. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it, it totally changed everything about how I feel about my business. That's amazing. How do you feel about your business now? <laughs> I feel much less stressed, much more relaxed and much more competent. I feel like, okay, I have this thing to offer people. And a lot of people also work on speaking and everybody has their specialty. Everybody has what's unique to them. And again, you reinforce that in your program that a lot of, sure, there's a lot of people that do many things, but each of you are different. And so I feel more competent and capable to help the people who are coming to me try to achieve what they want mm -hmm. in a way that works for them. And um, yeah, and, and I do have to add too that 
prior to taking the course, I'm still very confused by social media. You know, I'm, I'm, what, what do we call it? Like I'm a dinosaur. I was born in 1969. I, I, the internet was invented when I started working in the workforce. Yeah. So I haven't grown up with it. Right. So I take a while to figure all this stuff out. And there's an posturing that sometimes happens on social media that felt a little uncomfortable to me and a little inauthentic. And the idea of just constantly being present, and, and that's changed. I am not constantly present on Instagram. I used to feel that I had to offer posts on each episode of the podcast, that I had to, you know, here was this free resource out there. And in addition to that, I had to offer like many lessons in my posts. And I, I realized that I didn't have to, <laughs> that the, the resource, the podcast is there for people to use as they wish. And then if they want to go further with it, there's now this community. And I really want that to be the place where, where people who want to work with me benefit from the time and the effort I'm putting into creating something really useful for them. And I'm still on the Instagram account. And because I know it's important for people to see me, you know, this is, this is who I am. And, and I hope, you know, we get along, but I don't see it as the driving force to my business. It's again, another part of, of the ecosystem of hanging out with Catherine. Again, this sounds to me like you've made it work for you rather than you working for it, for the algorithm, for the whatever Mosseri wants us to do or whoever right. else that owns the social media. You shifted the script completely. Like it's obvious that your podcast is probably your biggest. No, sorry. You are your biggest asset. But the <laughs> second, the, 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 the creation. Um, of yours is your podcast and then everything that just follows is an extra right and when I feel like it takes a long time and it took me a long time as well as a business owner as well to realize that it's my job to figure out what works for me rather mm -hmm. than to figure out what am I missing right why is everybody so successful using air quotes for everybody listening to it as an audio yeah it's it's not about that it's about me as much as about what the platforms what the marketing what the social media is about isn't it absolutely and i think that what i value about social media is the sense of community that we can find there and i am so thankful and grateful to the interactions i get on Instagram from uh, colleagues, from people I'm working with, and just from strangers who are just right. hanging out in the community. I really appreciate it because, you know, sometimes working independently, creating a podcast, it can feel a little lonely. <laughs> You're sort of just speaking out into the void and hello, yeah. is there anybody there? Um, and so um, building interaction on social media is definitely valuable but i also try to then speak a little bit more directly in my newsletter which i know is another key component of of you know some of your recommendations for people wanting to find their voice and their audience and places to really present 
what they do more directly to people who are perhaps more ready to hear more engaged yeah closer right it just yeah there is no as i always say there is no secrets there are no absolutely no secrets but there are definitely things that serve us better and i i think i have a pretty good feeling about what serves teachers or the type of people who go into teaching better rather than others because yeah there might be some people who really know being all over social media all the time and I also have clients like that but it has to come from them rather than from some sort of an external um, advice external kind of strategy kind of thing because it doesn't it doesn't really work like this oh I'm I'm so happy we're touching on so many really important topics so talking about or going back to your uh unnamed or an imperfectly named course (laughs) for teachers we had a comment here from elaine saying that taking catherine's course this year was an amazing and transformative journey (laughs) yes so yes we had so much fun working together um (laughs) you know that was the other surprise that happened along the way is as people were listening to the podcast individual teachers reached out and said you know, I've never, I don't get feedback on my pronunciation. So, you know, I'm teaching, you know, I'm Celta certified, Delta certified, whatever. I'm, I'm teaching people and preparing people for the C1 exam, the C2 exam, but I personally don't get feedback on my speech anymore. I, and I want that. And so I started to work with a few teachers and it, I didn't plan for that. That's another thing about these funny things that happen along the way. Um, so I said, okay, let's, let me see if I can help you. And again, that built on, uh, coming from the podcast. It's, I like how you speak. I like how you say this. And I want to be clear. I'm not about accent reduction at all. I'm about, you know, teachers are, I think, I include myself in this. We're our own worst critics. Uh, we suffer from perfectionism and, and want to, to be the best. And I think there's a sense of anxiety that sometimes teachers, um, have. And what I realized was it wasn't really about like, oh, you know, you don't, um, you don't say this vowel properly. Like that's not what's happening. What's happening is we're talking, we're communicating. Sometimes the teacher will say, is that how I should say that? You know, like it's a place to ask questions that they have doubts about or "Hmm, what if I said it this way instead of that way? And so it's about like a reassurance almost like, yeah, you, 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 you know what you're doing or it's a choice. You could do this or you could do that. Like I feel sometimes like I'm just a sounding board and I'm I'm happy to be that for these incredibly competent, ambitious teachers who want to just feel like they deserve to be exactly where they are. And that's my goal with every single one of them. It's just, yes, you are a pro. You don't need to worry about this. I love how you're focusing on that. And working with Elaine, just by, for example, we did a lot of listening and a lot of transcribing. And what I loved was, her the light bulbs that would go off in our in our session she's like yes that's exactly why i didn't hear that 
And in, in understanding why she missed something, that helped her when she would then do things with her students. She could better analyze why they were struggling with a specific listening activity, which again, it, it helps teachers feel like, yeah, I have these extra tools that I can now better serve my students. So it's, it's, you can see I'm excited about all this. You I love are. making, <laughs> I love it when teachers just that I, that I meet feel even better about what they're, what they're doing and how they are transforming the lives of so many people. So I feel like I'm a part of a puzzle of like all these like, you know, people working to just try to make the it, ELT it, world. You are making an impact on people who then go on and make an impact on other people. And it's just like, so if I cannot do this, I am an, a person who make, made an impact on you. Yes. Yeah. It's a bit of a matrix kind of inception situation, which I absolutely love because from my experience, what I also wanted to add is I have always, always as a teacher, as a teacher trainer, I always felt that, let's be honest, you work mainly with non-native speakers of English, right? Yeah. It takes tons of courage and self-awareness for an English um, teacher who is a non-native speaker to allow themselves to work on their language skills. Do yeah. not feel ashamed. Maybe they yeah. do, but they still like, I feel like they are a very special group of people. And I think it's very brave of you to decide to work with them, but also very brave and very like, honestly, I think that's like next level of realizing what people need. It's like people who decide to go on to therapy beside like admitting that there is a problem and I need the problem. The problem is not me. It's mm -hmm. just something I'm willing to work on because I just want to be better, feel better. I am competent yeah. and that's why I work on myself or my skills. It's awesome. I feel like this, the work that you do is extremely important. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I think it's taken me a while to recognize that, but I feel exactly the way you just said it. I, I So many of the people who come to me, I see uh, a courage and a vulnerability and and then just this work ethic to wow this is really cool stuff we're working on together I, and they're just excited to explore it i mean they're the best kind of students because that's what we dream all of our students right. would do is to really take take what's on offer even if it's just like one little thing and just explore it and then apply it in other parts of, of their work so um yeah, it's, it's in order for you to get to attract those people or like to fully embrace that this is the group of people that you can fully help. Do you think you had to shift something in yourself as well? Like we, we know we talked about this clarity, getting clarity onto, yes, I talk to teachers, but like, do you feel that there was some internal shift in you as well? I don't know if I'm guessing if, if this is even a good question, but I was just wondering. I don't know. I think I'm going to need to reflect on that later. Just very do some self-assessment. I, I think, you know, my, my re-entry back into the ELT right. world was at a time, you know, I was living in the United States 
things were shifting politically and there was a lot of negative talk about um, immigrants. And I felt compelled to do everything I could to help people I felt were being maligned. Right. And so I, I'm always the type of person I am is I'm a helper. And I think what I did so, some quizzes as part of the course that definitely, you know, came, came through loud and clear. Um, but recognizing that now I still have that desire to help, but maybe I'm not helping the demographic that I originally came back to. Um, so yes, it's, it's a shift from working directly with that audience and now working with an audience that works with those audiences, you know? Um, and, um, and, and I get so much, um, I get so much joy and so much energy from right. working with the teachers that I work with and seeing everything they're doing that I definitely feel I'm in exactly the right spot right now. So how that transformation yeah. has happened inside, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm going to have to reflect on that. No, that's, that's really good to hear. I think that it's, it's, it's maybe, maybe, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but maybe it's like recognizing how best you can use your strengths. And maybe the, the conclusion was my strengths are best used by working with teachers who then, as you say, have an impact on, on those immigrants, on those people that they work with. So it's like, again, it's like a, a bit like a pyramid scheme yeah, in a very <laughs> positive way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think of that, I don't know if you remember, was, uh, if you ever saw there was a commercial on North American TV for a shampoo and mm -hmm. the women would say, I told two friends, and then I told two friends, and then I, and the screen keeps building with all of these people telling them about this shampoo. So yeah, it's kind of like that, right? We, the, the compound effect of, I love that. uh, so yes, and I would definitely put you in that, in that box too. We're, we're part of this compounding effect. And yeah, exactly. And that, compounding and, effect. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a way, that's a, that's a positive way of looking at it. So you also mentioned that, like, well, social media, that like being the dinosaur, I'm just quoting, yeah. <laughs> finding your way. So how did you actually find as a person who may have been a little bit like apprehensive or like, oh, maybe it's, it's not for me because I've heard people say that, like marketing myself, online, selling, launching things. Oh my God. So how did you approach that? Because obviously that's something that I teach. So have, has your perspective changed or like, what was the story there for you? Yeah. You know, I have a complicated relationship with social media. So I was a, an early adopter mm -hmm. um, in 2008, I would say. I went on Facebook for the first time and I enjoyed it for everything that it was created for. And then I left it in 2015, 20, I left it at some point when things seemed to get a little bit, um, it was just hard to be on social media for me, for my mental health. And I think a lot yeah. of people understand that, that there's a lot of toxicity that can uh, appear on social media. Yeah. So when I made the decision, when I realized that in order for me to, to speak to people, I needed to come back to social media, I went back to Instagram. But before I did, I made a, 
almost like a code of ethics for myself. And I decided that I would only ever be positive. I would only ever be encouraging and that I would be really generous with my likes and my comments. I felt that if this was a space to support people, I wanted to be that. Maybe I annoy everybody with all my likes, but I feel that this is who I am. I'm a generous person and I want to reward um, the efforts people make on social media because it can take a lot of time and a lot of creativity to create these posts that engage people. So that was my ethic, to only be positive, to be kind, and to be generous. And then I, so I entered and I felt I needed to be educational. I felt what I was seeing was this, okay, you have to be here to educate. And after a while, that didn't feel right. It felt, in a way, I kind of felt like a textbook, like I'm offering these McNugget bite-sized things that maybe nobody needs. Um, so, so my shift has been to try to be just a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say personal, but like, this is me and I do pronunciation. So if I make a real, it's usually something connected to pronunciation and it might be something that came up in a lesson. It might be something that came up in the podcast. I try to teach reactively. So that's kind of what I make my social media about me reacting to something that has come up and it might not be, you know, planned. I'm not definitely strategic about which day of the week I'm going to do this and that. I, I learned in the accelerator that that probably wasn't the right, um, structure for me, that I needed something a little bit more loose and a little bit more reactive. And something that wouldn't make me feel obligated because like you said, you don't ever want, I don't want the podcast to feel like a chore. I don't want social media to feel like a chore. I want it to be in balance with everything that's happening. So yeah, I guess that's a long answer for a, a short question about what's my relationship with social media or my approach to it. Um, and I definitely make announcements there about, okay, this is how you can join the Patreon community and this is what we did in the community. If you want to check it out, you know, click here. Feel? But how does that feel? Because that's the selling part, right? You say announce. Right. Do you treat it? Do, do you see yourself as a person who sells their things? Absolutely. Um, and I do it in a way that feels comfortable for me. I oh. do it without promising. You know, you're gonna feel. You're gonna. You know, if you do this, then this will happen. What I like to share is that. There's this community where you can use your English, where you can have access to resources that can help you, but I don't, it's not pushy. It's just, it's there. I'm there. I'm here to support everybody in this mm. world, this orbit that's, that wants to be with me. So it, it feels right now very organic and very comfortable, which was Why not you, something. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Why do you think that comfort, that, that confidence maybe? comes from in announcing your offers? I think it goes back to what I said about having clarity. Ah. You know, okay, so once I understood more clearly why I'm doing what I'm doing, then it's pretty easy to just say, this is what I do. I don't do everything. I just do this. And so 
if this is something that you're interested in, get on board, yes. you know, see if, see if it fits for you. Um, there's a lot of great teachers. There's a lot of great programs. There's yes. a lot of great resources out there and everybody's going to find what best works for them in terms of people they connect with, in terms of the time zone they operate in and in terms of what's interesting to them. Yes. So I feel much more comfortable with where I fit in that. That's awesome. so it's right? again, finding your own way in your own space there, right? Rather than trying to compete, rather than trying to look for reasons in which you are special. You are special just because, right? You are you and you've got your offer. And exactly like you say, people who are supposed to be held by you, they, they will eventually. Like I genuinely, I know there is something woo-woo about it, but I genuinely believe that people just, when they're ready, they will find you. <laughs> they, when they're ready, they will find me. And yeah, there is something magical about it. Well, that's what happened. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know where, where to go. Like I said, I felt very frenetic and uncertain about where I was. And when I was seeing teachers I admire make some transformations and sharing that you had helped them with that, it was like, oh, I'm following Ola. And then <laughs> Esther, I followed you for a while and I just really liked I really liked you and you made me laugh in your stories and your podcast made a lot of sense and you offer such great, you also offer this incredible free resource in this podcast that even if teachers, you know, at that point in time, they discover you can't, can't for whatever reason work with you. They've got you in their ear helping them and then ultimately they're going to be ready to, to work with you. And to think that, <laughs> but it, well, it does work in that way. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm so glad you're you're mentioning that because it works so beautifully for you. People who share how you impacted them, or they're gonna inspire others to come and look for your help. And th this is what happened to me. We were strangers, literally eight nine months ago, and then yeah. something happened. You also were ready. There is this saying, right? When the when the learn when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So you must right. have <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. No, definitely. And and I really, I also, you know, there's so much I admire about the work you do, but I also feel like with your background in teaching, you you also, why I think I was also drawn to you was you, you really understand why teachers teach hmm. because so many of us really like teaching. And like I said earlier, I get a lot of energy from the people I work with. And so in a, in a world where right now, I think a lot of people feel the move is to asynchronous education of running courses that are just digital, which is fine. I don't want to yeah. disparage anybody who's doing that, but it's not for everyone. And mm -hmm. I knew that it wasn't for me, that I have had a business in the past where it was really me working solo and that wasn't enough for me. I need to be with people. I need to communicate with people. So that's what I, I also appreciated was that you have said on numerous occasions, you know, you, you do what is good for you, you whether it's teaching. Yeah. You do you <laughs> because you, you 
became a teacher for specific reasons, right? And if it's working with people one-on-one, if it's working at groups, if it's running a multitude of different options, not everybody's going to be attracted to the same thing. So I felt that you offer a real freedom to people who work with you to not have to deny their calling just because the trend of the industry says we're going this way, right? Thank you so much. That is so moving. That's like, I appreciate your words so much. There was, you, you may have noticed as a person who is in, has been in my community for a bit that I, I tried to shift my messaging to that for a bit, but it obviously very quickly became obvious that that's not what I stand for. It's exactly as you say, I am one of my biggest values in life and in this business is freedom. And I want to teach people freedom and I want to give people freedom of choices. Enough guidance so they know mm-hmm. what to do and clarity and all that jazz, but freedom, because I don't believe in cookie cutter blueprint situations. And um, yeah, I work with people who are too intelligent for that, too smart, right. too with too much potential to fit mm-hmm. into, um, yeah somebody else's plans basically yeah yeah so thank you <laughs> i love you <laughs> I, I might cry in a moment and i just wanted to ask you so was there something that you tried before you actually joined the program i haven't even asked any questions about the program you were talking about this which is beautiful <laughs> did you try anything before you said that you were a bit lost a bit lacking in clarity and then you just kind of like saw somebody else um, uh, shared that they worked with me, da, 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 but did you try anything else? Yeah. Um, I tried talking to my husband. Of course. Who's <laughs> a business person? Who doesn't? Right? You know, he always says, you know, he said, you know, I told you that, but often I need to hear it from somebody else. It's like kids, right? They listen to someone else more than their parent. Um, and um, I tried doing things on my own, uh, watching videos on YouTube. How do you do this? How do you create a mailing list? I was a part of a teacher's community, um, as still am, that offers professional development, um, really good professional development in terms of courses on, on task-based language teaching and dog me and listening. And um, I was really getting a lot of uh, a lot out of that. And they started to offer some business advice. And I have no doubt it's really good for the right audience, but I wasn't their right audience for, uh, for their program. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, this I understand, but it's not resonating with me, uh, fully. Um, which is again, it speaks to what you were talking about. Like we find the people we connect with more and. Also, when we're more ready, then the teacher appears. And so I think I'd been stuck. And that was the moment at which Bistra was really singing your praises. And I admire Bistra so much. Um, you, Bistra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I admire her so, so much. And I also feel she's a person of incredible integrity. Mm. And when I knew that she was working with you and she and I had taken some other courses together, I felt like I couldn't go wrong. And that in order to get out of this mud where I felt I had the tools, but I was stuck 
in the right. mud. That that that's when I said, okay, I'm on board. And no, I love that. I love that. also Bistra. If if anybody watching here doesn't know Bistra, Bistra is an amazing client of mine who um, I think I've interviewed her twice. Mm-hmm. At least once on my Instagram and once on the podcast. So it's it's it, she also kind of like it's um it's it was an incredible journey for her, and I've seen everything in that journey, like ebbs and flows and everything. And I like she made me realize as well what it actually takes that it can't just be things. Oh yes, fans of Bistra as well in the comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that it can't just be me teaching people some steps, some knowledge. It also has to come with support. And like, yes. that's why I've, I've been telling everybody that I've changed the format a tiny bit of, of or not even a tiny bit, quite a lot of the, of the course because of those realizations. Like it's extremely, it's been extremely scary for me because there are now people like like yourself, like Bistra, like other people that I worked with that I so admire and so respect. And for me to be changing, I feel like I'm in a way betraying you because like I oh. should have known this before. But there is obviously a rational part of me that knows that you understand that I learn as well. And the fact yeah. you were allowing me to learn how to support others better is, is the best thing in the world because I am realizing my potential and helping you be able to realize your, it's again, beautiful pyramid. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. I think that as we, if, if we're open to listening and that's my passion, it is listening. Listening. <laughs> we have to listen to ourselves. We have to listen to the people we work with. And, and of course that means things are constantly evolving. If, yeah. if you're the type of person who wants to continue to best serve the people you're working with. Not everybody does. <laughs> you know, like they just find something and they go with it. But I I feel like I'm surrounded, I choose to surround myself with people who do, who do reflect on what's working, what's not on a regular basis in order to continue to offer the best that they can. And so I, I think what you're saying is, is amazing, right? That's, that's how we grow as individuals as well as our businesses, right? Thank you for the validation. <laughs> no, that. no it's, it's, it's all scary decisions and it's all, it's all, it's not easy because, you know, you, you obviously with, with money that I charge comes responsibility and Absolutely. I am responsible for something. I'm not responsible for people's results. That's no. something I talk a lot um, about because I know teachers very often feel responsible for people's results, but I'm responsible for delivering something that helps and is of good value and is. Um, so that's something that it also you made me realize it's it's another value of mine, the integrity that you mentioned. It's it's another thing. I like to think that I am a person who is always in integrity, but also who works with people who want to be. Honest, genuine, transparent, not lie and promise stupid things like jumping from B1 to C2 to their students or other silly things like that. Because I'm sure that they'll find their support or maybe they'll find their way as well. But I'm, I'm not the kind of person who help them um, achieve that because I don't believe in that. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. We have to definitely believe 
And we have to hold true to our values. Absolutely. In everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. So tell us once again, where can people uh, listen to your podcast? What's the name of all the programs and things that they can look at? Because I'm sure there are tons of teachers who would now be interested, who are as passionate about improving themselves and would want to learn from you. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, my webpage is englishwithcatherine.com. And from there, you can go to everything. The podcast is called Here You Go, H-E-A-R. And it's available on every platform you listen to podcasts on. The community that's just begun is called Here We Go. And that's hosted on Patreon. So you have a choice of a membership level. And I'm on Instagram as Katherine Angus. I think it's underscore here you go. I think so. Um, <laughs> and that's, the, yeah, I, I, I would love getting emails, messages, DMs. Um, if anybody's curious, has questions, I'm always happy to answer anything. Oh, and my pronunciation for teachers course. So, yes. People can work with me one-on-one, although right now I don't really have any openings, perhaps in January. And the Pronunciation for Teachers course, it's a very small course. I offer two time slots to try to deal with Europe and South America. The classes are between three and five teachers, never more than five, because I really believe in providing as much individual feedback as possible. And it's an eight-week course. Right now, it's a 10-week course. I'm adapting it next year for it'll be reduced to eight weeks. But just as many results, just as much stuff happening in those eight weeks. But I felt that from feedback from the teachers, it could be done in eight. And that starts in mid-January. Everything's on the website. So Amazing. Look at that, by the way. Like, everything is figured out. I love it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and I, I really love to know and to have this awareness that to have this, um, this, this reassurance that the rocket accelerator was part of this becoming true, this becoming clearer and this becoming a thing that you're really pretty proud of. Absolutely. The accelerator accelerated my, uh, <laughs> my development and my, yeah, where the business lies right now. So thank you very much for, for a great, a really great experience working with you as that part of that group. And thank you for having me today to talk about it. I, I loved it. I wish for being open to talking to me and to being an amazing student to have who really applied themselves into, into all of this. So once again, thank you so much guys for listening to this. This is not the end, by the way. I, um, once again, thank you so much, Catherine, for agreeing to speak to me. You guys check out Catherine's, um, stuff on her website and on Instagram. Um, you know what, teacher? I'm so proud of you. If you're listening to this, you are ready for a change. Whether it is to quit hassling for peanuts or working with other people who don't respect you. I know you've got it in you, and my podcast is here to help you do that weekly. To be reminded of new episodes, sign up to my newsletter. It's in the show notes. You'll also receive lots of 
tips, support, and special offers. I'm committed to supporting you also via my coaching programs and courses. You can work with me in my flagship programs, the Rocket Takeoff or the Rocket Accelerator. The Rocket Takeoff will take you off the one-to-one teaching hamster wheel to more peace and more well-paying students. The Rocket Accelerator will help you finally launch a group class that will be perfect for students that are a joy to work with and so you can leverage your time and do what you love while having space to breathe or read another self-development book. If you're a language school owner, I've got things on offer for you too. Simply go to my website, olakowalska.com, to check them out. Finally, please share this podcast with your teacher friends, rate it, and subscribe. I'm your biggest cheerleader. See you next time.